everyone. Welcome to First Things First. Jenna Wolf, Nick Wright, raise your hand. Kevin Wilds, Antoine Walker is with us on a Monday morning. We have arrived at the one time of year Nick has been so excited about. So we are going to get to that in a second. We got a lot coming up on the show. We're going to talk some football. Uh, are you buying a different Baker Mayfield in year three? Because that's exactly what he's selling. Is James Harden's legacy on the line this season? His playoffs, the Rockets' playoffs, kick off on Tuesday. And Nick is laminating again. This time it is his NBA playoff bracket. He will break it all down with a whole lot of pride. All coming up. We got to start with Saturday's play in game so that we could have a playoff game. Grizzlies, Blazers, an off night for Dame Lillard, who still poured into Team High 31. Blazers got the win. Memphis sent packing. So Portland clinches the NBA's final playoff spot. And as a reward, they get a shiny new first-round matchup against the top-seeded L.A. Lakers. And as hot as Dame has been in the bubble, he's the first to tell you how much of a challenge LeBron and company will be. Take a listen. They're the number one seed in the West for a reason. They got the best player in the world on their team. Uh, but at the same time, we, we didn't fight. Uh, as hard as we fought in the bubble to just say, all right, we the eight seed and go out here and just get beat up on. Uh, we feel like we have, a, we have a chance in the series against anybody in this league. Uh, we feel like we got a chance in this series, and that's how we go approach it. Well, definitely not your typical eight seed. Um, you know, they've, they've played at an elite level uh, during this, uh, this stretch in the bubble, at least offensively. And um, we've got a ton of respect for you know, for obviously for Dame and CJ and, and Nurkic, uh, but really for their whole team and their whole culture. They got a system that's been together for a number of years. Uh, they have the cont continuity piece, um, conference finals last year. So just a ton of respect for their uh, what they're bringing to the table. All right, Nick Vogel said it. The Blazers are not your typical eight seed. So what chances do you give the Blazers to pull off the upset against the Lakers? Uh, almost none. The, the only oh, path to victory over a seven-game <laughs> series for Kevin Wilde's beloved Portland Trailblazers would be if LeBron James suffers the second injury of his career and has to miss time. I, that, and by the way, that's not a slight on Anthony Davis because we saw Anthony Davis in his only career series victory beat a very similar Portland Trailblazers team. Nurkic was there, obviously, CJ and Dame. And so we've, in, in that final game of that series, Anthony Davis, I think, if memory serves, had 47 and 10 to complete the sweep. But this Lakers team doesn't have another distributor, another primary ball handler. So if something were to happen to LeBron, as great as Anthony Davis is, they'd be sunk. But that's that's the only path forward for Portland. Portland has been the story of the bubble. Dame has seen his star rise to another level, a level that next year will probably subject him to more scrutiny than he is used to as the tier of superstar he was, elevating himself to that next tier of superstar that guys such as LeBron and Durant and Harden and Giannis have found themselves in for a few years. But... As impressive as this Portland offense was during these four consecutive must-win games to put themselves in this position, Antoine, the defense was just as unimpressive. And in those four games against a Sixers team with no Simmons and quickly no Embiid, 
against a Nets team that we know is wildly undermanned, against the Grizzlies with no Jaron Jackson Jr., and then the one game where you're playing a team at full strength was the game against the Mavs. They won those four games by a combined 11 points. They were brilliant offensively. They could not get stops. And against the LeBron James, Anthony Davis team, if you can't get stops, you can't win games. And so I think it's a gentleman's sweep for the Lakers. I think it's been a great story for Portland. But the road ends very, very shortly for the Portland Trailblazers. Wow, Nick, that's that's strong. Sweep. Um, definitely would not <laughs> Gentlemen be a sweep. Gentlemen sweep. That's team. five. Gentlemen sweep. Five games. Well, I think it's going to go six or seven. And and then the reason why is I, I think we didn't see – the Lakers didn't give us a great sample size of how good they can be. I think right now Frank Vogel's struggling to find the right rotation to play. We'll see a little bit of that in this series where they're trying to find the right eight, nine guys to be in the, in the consistent rotation without Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo. You wonder – when would you miss an Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo? You're going to miss in this series defensively to be able to guard Dame and C.J. McCullough. So that that poses one problem. And then the other problem, Portland, two stars can go off for any at any point for 40, 50-point performances, and that can possibly win you a game in the playoffs. Camelo and Anthony's playing at a very, very high level. This will be a different series for Melo because he'll be forced to guard LeBron a lot, and I don't know if Melo's going to be capable of handling the pick and rolls that LeBron is going to put him in handling basketball out front. I do expect it to be a deep series. This is not the, a favorable matchup for the Lakers to play in the first round because of the offensive ability of Portland. But look for this series to go, you know, six or seven, Nick. I don't see it being a gentleman's sweep. I think, you know, the Portland is playing too good, playing very confident right now. They match up pretty well with size, with their beings with them. So this should be a really entertaining first-round series for the Lakers. Okay. So the Bucks will probably sweep. The Raptors will probably sweep. But the Lakers are not going to sweep. They're not going to gentlemen sweep, Nick, either. Let's just look at how the Lakers and Blazers are doing in the bubble. And I don't think the bubble can be underestimated here. This isn't the normal Blazers team. This isn't the normal Lakers team. Offensive rating, the Blazers were the best. Defensive rating, hey, 20th out of 22. I like 20th, and I'm glad our researcher Dusty didn't put third worst. Uh, field goal percentage, Blazers are good, <laughs> Lakers not good. Three-point percentage, again, Lakers last, Blazers third. Now, look, like, look, I understand LeBron has never lost in the first round of the playoffs, Nick. I get it. But if it was going to happen, this is the recipe for a LeBron upset. Oh, no home court advantage. A cold, <laughs> depleted lineup. You've got, you're missing Avery Bradley. Rondo's going to come back in the bubble, but we don't know if he's going to play. We've got Danny Green shooting 25%. Caruso shooting 15%. JR is shooting 9% from three. Nine. A wolf in eight seeds clothing. We know they're not a real eight seed. An unguardable superstar that with uh, Dame is averaging 37 points. And Clutch Mellow, nobody had more clutch shots than Mellow. So if you want to shut down Dame, you so want to shut down CJ, who's broken back healed, you still got to deal with Mellow. Nurkic had 20 points, 20 rebounds the other day. Like, I feel much better than you do about the Blazers team, Nick. And you're also well, and the guy you, who didn't think they were making it in the playoffs. <laughs> you're right. You that, no, it. that's fair. And I was going to, listen, you felt better about them throughout. You picked them before the bubble started, and I will give you credit for that. But I also must then volley something back to you, Kevin Wilds. If we're going to base okay. our picks or predictions based on bubble performance, 
then you must believe the Lakers got very lucky that the Suns didn't get in, right? Because if it's bubble performance, the Suns okay, are the, one of the greatest teams in NBA history. And so we have to look at the totality of what we saw over the course of the season. And, there, and again, it, it, Antoine, if folks believe the LeBron that we saw in the bubble, in the seeding games, is going to be the LeBron that comes out in the first round, then the Lakers will lose. That LeBron has never existed in the postseason outside of three games against Dallas in 2011. He's been a brilliant playoff performer. You mentioned undefeated in the first round, 52-8 and eight in the first round, or 52-10, and 10, pardon me, in his career in the first round. So, Jenna, I just... I, I, people have no rec, no ability to recall preceding games how dominant the, this Lakers team was, Jenna. No, but Antoine, talk to me about how important momentum is leading up to the playoffs. You're right. This wasn't the typical Lakers team in the bubble right now. But if you just look at who's got the momentum coming in, Dave's hot. That team, that, that Blazers team is relatively healthy. They're obviously coming off such a high, and you saw what the Lakers did. How, how much of a factor is momentum, and who, and, and how much advantage do the Lakers, or do rather, do the Blazers have with that? Well, I think that's the one advantage they do have is that they've been playing great basketball. Every game they played in the bubble was very meaningful. So they was able to get a rotation down. They was ready to get get themselves in a good groove. If I'm an, individually as a player, you want to be playing your best basketball come playoff time, and their best players are playing their best basketball right now. When you look from top to bottom with C.J. Damon and Camelo Anthony, and obviously you had the big fella in the middle, so you got they're playing their best basketball. I think the fear for the Lakers is I know LeBron James, and he's very intelligent, he's smart, but LeBron James has to take an aggressive approach um, to this playoff, and I mean offensively. Uh, I know he led the league in assists. We know he does a great job of distributing the basketball, but he has to be a lot, be more selfish oh. coming to this playoff. They're going to need him to score the ball. Um, with, without a lot of playmakers, without being able to shoot the three ball well so far in the bubble, you need LeBron to be aggressive. So I'm looking for LeBron to take an aggressive approach. It may take 30 points a night um, to, to beat Portland night in and night out. They don't have a lot of bite. They don't have, he has, he's the one guy that has the unique advantage they in the no series. They got no one to guard. They do not, right. they, got they have no one nobody, to guard. nobody to guard him. They have nobody to throw at him. So he has to be aggressive. <laughs> And I know sometimes LeBron's not aggressive. He tries to pick his spots. Nick, he has to be aggressive from start to finish. This may be one of those series that we saw that he, he did against Golden State. Agreed. Maybe at 32 to 30, yep. 35 points a night. And because Portland is playing so good, they're going to demand that LeBron has a big series against them. And, and listen, I just think it's important that, you know, we could, to your guys' point, and we can leave it here, Number one overall seed, three and five in the bubble. Superstar doesn't look anything like himself. They're in big trouble. So the Milwaukee Bucks better look out because that's the exact <laughs> resume they have. I know we don't talk about them and they're going to be just fine, but, but it's shockingly both one seeds that has nothing to play for were lackadaisical. LeBron didn't happen to headbutt anybody in his final bubble game, so that's good, I suppose. Wilds, we but we'll see if the Lakers have that. any trouble with the Blazers. No, if, they were, if the Bucks right, were playing the Blazers, on. they should be scared. Let's move on to the Rockets, who opened the playoffs without Russell Westbrook. How much pressure will be on the beard? First things first. 
The stress of daily life weighs on all of us, whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day. Muscle pain and muscle tension, that's a real thing. That's why I use Theragun, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet, you'll wonder if it's on. While you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power that you need. Starting at only $199, go to theragun.com slash FTF right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash FTF, theragun.com slash FTF. All right, we'll stick to the NBA, which you are very good at. We will talk about that. Drawing a blank, Rockets will be without Russell Westbrook when they open the playoffs against the Thunder. Russell still nursing a quad injury. We're on a first-name basis. Look for Houston to lean heavily oh. on the beard. So, Nick, a first-round exit for James Harden would mean blank. I don't think it's going to happen, but if they were to get knocked out in the first round, I believe it would mean a massive overreaction from ownership. It, I am fairly certain that if they get knocked out in the first round, they're going to have a new coach next year. They might either way, as D'Antoni doesn't have a contract. And I would be worried they would be making other major changes in Houston if they get knocked out in the first round after a very tough draw with OKC and if, if Russell Westbrook's unable to play. Now, Antoine, I believe Harden's good enough to where even if Russ doesn't play, the Rockets can win this series based on Harden's brilliance alone. But if they don't, I think it's going to lead to a pretty big overreaction in Houston. I think it's going to be a lot of changes. I kind of agree with you, Nick. I think, one, you're going to fire D'Antoni. You're going to have to get a new coach to play. And then you're going to have to really look at the roster and wonder how much value does James Harden and Russell Westbrook have throughout the league. When you look at the Rockets, they have no young pieces on their team. You may have to blow this thing up and start getting some draft picks while these guys got some a lot of value. I think the Rockets are probably, you know, they had Golden State two couple years in a row. They couldn't get by them. Chris Paul has an injury. Russell Westbrook looks like he's not going to be 100% playing through the playoffs. They just got bad luck. And I think the small ball shooting the threes is probably wore itself out. So if they, if they don't get there, it's going to probably be over for them. That's what I said, Antoine. I said the end is small ball. If Steven Adams comes in here and starts looking like Wilt Chamberlain, I think everyone's going to look around and be like, oh, rebounding. Turns out that matters. <laughs> so I think it would be the end of small ball and some front office changes as well, Jenna. All right, moving on. The Heat Pacers series tips off tomorrow. All eyes on Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren as their feud continues. But Butler recently said, what feud? The beef between them is dead. Not sure Jimmy knows how to sell a series. Nick, Butler saying the rivalry with Warren is dead is blank. It's accurate for now. And I think it'll remain accurate because I think the Heat are going to win the series. But... T.J. Warren can get this rivalry or this feud fired right back up with one 35-point game and a victory. The problem yeah. is Jimmy Butler and the Heat have owned this matchup, and T.J. Warren has struggled mightily 
in the bubble and outside of the bubble against Jimmy. So I, I agree with one of Kevin Wilde's BFFs, Jimmy Butler, Ooh. that right now the rivalry <laughs> is dead. I TJ Warren and the undermanned Pacers, by the way, the banged up Pacers, could change that, but I don't anticipate that they will. So I think Antoine, it's accurate for now. This is a true statement. I think Jimmy Butler is 100% correct. And the reason why I look at the last game they played, if I'm TJ Warren and I got the green light, I'm going to shoot more than 14 times. I just got to get that ball in the air 25, 30 times. I'm going to take a personal against Jimmy. But That's unfortunately, right. Jimmy's one of the best. And Jimmy's one of the better defenders in the league. I got to give Jimmy Butler's credit. He's probably the top three defender in this league. And I don't believe that TJ Warren's offensive package is good enough for him to be able to dominate Jimmy Butler. He doesn't handle well enough. It's some things offensively that he doesn't have that Jimmy's just great at defending. So I, I think Jimmy Butler is right about this. This this is probably dead. Okay. Is, is this part of the narrative, do you think, Nick? That it's like Jimmy Butler, it, it's sort of like the, the battle peaked and now it's going back down. It's going to come back up because this is just terrible media from a very media savvy guy to be like, hey, this big matchup, it's dead now. We're not going to talk about it anymore. So I'm hoping that this is part of Jimmy's master plan that it's going to be like resurgent, like the Undertaker, and the battle will keep going. See, like I'm I not said, happy if this rivalry like, is dead. Like, how much you, America, it's you like want to know how much Wilds loves Jimmy Butler? He's also assigning to a media savant and storyline creator, in addition to starting yes. shooting guard. He just loves Jimmy Butler. It's a non-story story. It's a what double negative. On to the Blazers. After their play-in win, Dame Lillard became Dame Dalla as he dropped a surprise EP. He's a multitasker. I'm a multitasker. We're so the same that oh. way. Nick, Dame Dalla dropping a surprise EP from the bubble is blank. It's not going to age well. Listen, I understand this is Dame's moment, and he deserves it. But 10 days from now, when the Blazers have gone home, and we're like, wow, CJ did 11 podcasts during the playoffs. Dame released two oh, albums. That's that's intriguing. <laughs> that's inter that's an interesting development for a team that lasted what? five games oh, longer into the postseason than the Warriors are going to. I mean, and so I just listen. It, the media is so funny because look into the crystal ball. Here's what I see. I see Damian Lillard's season ending in the first round. James Harden's season is going to end in the second round of the Lakers. And guess what? James is going to be called a laughable failure and Dame is going to be called one of the next faces of the league. Because we just decide, guys, the level of success they need to have for us to congratulate them. <laughs> Dame's part, the moment, is relatively low. Harden, who we're talking about blowing up the entire team and, and trading him a few minutes ago because they, they are second best players injured and they could lose in round one. It's just totally double standards here. And so, but I don't think releasing this AP is EP, pardon me, is going to age well, Antoine, when the Lakers are up 3-1 going into game five. <laughs> I'm different, take. Nick. I think what this is take. great. I think this, I think this is great for, for basketball. I mean, you got to think about it. They're in the bubble, Nick. They, they don't have a lot of things, a lot of things to do. They're without their family. You know, this guy's playing unbelievable. So he's not, you know, wasting time rapping and not performing well. He's doing both, and I, I like Dame. I think Dame could be a very, very good rapper. We know it's hard to be an NBA player and a good rapper, but I think he's very good at it. So <laughs> I like it. I think it's great. It the keeps his swag NBA going. It keeps rapper. his comp. Yeah, it just keeps him going, keeps his swag going. 
probably you know keeps the team hype. So I like it. I think it's great. Jenna, what was that old old person app? Remember, you could like take a photo of yourself and age. That's just what happened to Nick Wright. He broke yeah. out a take from like the <laughs> mid '90s. Like, whoa, it's Shaquille O'Neal. If Shaquille O'Neal worked no, on his free throws instead of instead of releasing albums with the Fushnik and see where we would be exactly what you did, Nick. You know you did. That is not what I did. Focus on running away the high pick and roll. Get out of the studio. I didn't say. That's no, exactly what yourself, just happened. Nick. You just turned into an old man. That's the oldest man take in the in, in all of takes. Good. Okay, al allow me to be to be clear here. Whether Dame releases 11 albums or none, the Blazers postseason is going to end the same way. I'm not I'm not blaming a loss or an upcoming loss on his rap career. I'm just saying I don't think it's going to age well. When you look at the Dame Lillard discography, and you're like, oh, what's this one from? And it's like, oh, he released Artists, this one three days before LeBron put 47 on his head. Did he print a uh, listen, CD in the bubble? That's not and what I'm saying. Dame is play Dame's the best athlete turned rapper maybe ever. And he's playing great. I give him immense credit. I just don't think it's going to age well. Do you have an answer to this, Miles? For a lot of us, our home is now more than just our home. It's also a gym, a bakery, and a barber shop. And if you're a business owner or a people manager, home might also be where you do your hiring. That's where ZipRecruiter comes in. ZipRecruiter makes hiring faster and easier because you can do it all from one convenient place. ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. No matter where you're hiring from, ZipRecruiter does the work for you. How? Well, ZipRecruiter's matching technology scans thousands of resumes and profiles to identify the most qualified people for your job. If you're really interested in a candidate, you can even invite them to apply for your job. With one click, ZipRecruiter sends them an email from you and you stand out from the competition. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, First Things First listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com approach. That's ZipRecruiter.com approach, A-P-P-R-O-A-C-H. ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Are you going to mock me or do you have your own Why is this so comfortable in this role? <laughs> he loves it. He loves it. All right, guys, let's talk some football. Uh, another high bar for the Cleveland Browns this season. Baker needs a bounce back year. He knows last season got away from him. Take a listen. The past couple of years have been a roller coaster of emotions and not nearly as much success as I'm used to. So I would say I lost myself, uh, you know, not having that success, not not finding out what was working. All right, time for some stories to start your morning, beginning with a coach conundrum. The Pelicans dismissed head coach Alvin Gentry on Saturday. It's a nice way of putting it. The team is reportedly looking at Ty Lue and Jason Kidd. Clearly, Nick, a big question is going to be how a new coach will fit with Zion Williamson. So who do you think is the best fit to coach Zion? Ty Lue is an absolute no-brainer here. I, I think Ty Lue is an A-minus to an A-level NBA head coach. I think Jason Kidd 
I, the only reason I would hire Jason Kidd to be my head coach is if I thought I had a very good chance of getting Giannis in free agency. I don't think Kidd helps you a ton on the sideline as a head coach, but if you get Giannis, then it's fine. But the Pelicans obviously can't get Giannis in free agency. So to me, Wilds, this is a no-brainer. I would absolutely go Ty Lue, and I would imagine he's available. They won't lowball him like the Lakers did a year ago, Wilds. I like, I like, I'm surprised Kenny Atkinson's name hasn't been kicked around as far as developing young players. Tuan, I want to kick it to you. Is there a difference in coaches between like a, a coach for a team with young players versus a coach for a team with experienced players? Oh, without question. I think it's some coaches that, uh, that cannot coach young players. We'll see what Tibbs does in New York. I don't think he's a young guy coach. I think he's a better fit for veteran team, but We'll see. I like I like T. Lou or Jason Kidd for this job. I think both of those guys can motivate young guys, get them better with the roster that the Pelicans have in place. I think the biggest thing for New Orleans, they're going to have to figure out who's going to be the guy that can get Zion Williams to buy into his body, uh, to, to dedicate himself to get, get getting better. If they could do that, then that's the coach going to be the right coach for him. I think T. Lou has an advantage because he's coached the greatest player in the league right now in LeBron James. So, both of those guys are fine. They'll be great hires. Uh, all right, moving on to the Brooklyn bench boss. The Nets are reportedly expected to pursue Greg Popovich this offseason. That's what you call a pipe dream, but a dream nonetheless. Antoine, what would Pop mean for Durant and Kyrie? Don't get me wrong. I love Pop. You can't take anything from him. One of the greatest coaches, if not the, the greatest coach to ever coach the game. But he wouldn't be a good fit for those guys. Those guys... Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, you know, you got to get some guys, some different type of guys to, to motivate um, Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving. Because the biggest thing is getting the, the pieces around. Kyrie and both have won championships. How can you get those other pieces, pieces to buy in to become a championship-level player? I don't know if Pop got that motivation. Yet. I mean, he's got a ton of rings. He has these accomplished everything he can accomplish as a coach. I don't know if he'll be the right guy to motivate that team to get to the next level. Nick, I don't know what to make uh -oh. of this story. I don't know if it's so outlandish I should ignore it 100% or it's so outlandish I should start paying attention to it. I don't know where you sit on it. I think it's more the former than the latter. I, I don't see this happening at all. I don't know why Pop at this stage in his career would uproot himself from San Antonio. I understand they can't win a title there and you would go into next season with healthy Brooklyn team as one of the favorites. But let's, let, let me remind everybody of something real quick. If this were something Pop were considering, who is the first person you think he would call or one of the first people? The answer to that is Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr, who played for Pop, who has a great relationship with, with Pop, who Pop counseled when he was choosing job options. Steve Kerr has talked about the experience of coaching Kevin Durant, the positives, and the negatives that went along with it. I don't think Kerr would actually, you know, give a glowing recommendation of, the, oh, this will be a fun, easy retirement job for you, Pop. KD and Kyrie, whatever his newest new age theory is, it makes no sense to me. That's going to be a great team, and they're going to get whatever coach KD and Kyrie want. I don't know if it is Pop, who's one of the three greatest coaches ever. No, but it's a fun rumor to discuss. On to the best of the bubble. Dane Lillard was named unanimous bubble MVP on Saturday. 
But it was our guy, Nick Wright, who took home the real honor, nailing the all-bubble first team of Dame Harden, Luca oh, Booker, and TJ Warren. Nick, kudos to you and your picks and the sad knowledge that you still don't have a vote, but that's neither here nor there. Okay, so those were the guys who made it. Nick, who do you think was the biggest omission? Wilds, I think it's Chris Stapps. Chris Stapps gave you 30 and 10 in playing some of the best basketball of his career for the Mavs. He is, I know we're not talking about it yet, but in the Clippers-Mavs series, he is maybe the most important player on the court for Dallas because you know what you're going to get from Luka. And so though, while I love giving myself credit for things, this was the obvious five-man all-bubble <laughs> team. I don't know how anyone could have had any other than these five. You, so... And so I, I appreciate you guys uh, reminding the audience I got it right. But everyone, I would imagine, got this right. But Wilds, I would say Chris Stapps was the last, the, the first man out, so to speak. Okay. So I was happy with the list. I also don't have a vote, but I'm, I'm, I'm pushing all of my support towards Nick. I have one, you know, I've been on the Blazers the entire time, Jenna, and I love Dane with all my heart and soul. But, like, Devin Booker didn't win a game. And if we're looking at it as just, like, didn't pure bubble... Devin Booker deserves it, and Dame, Dame agrees. He went 9-0, or 8-0. He didn't go 9-0. But like, he deserves the MVP, and I think Dame agrees. So, Antoine, I just want Devin Booker to have the MVP. Congratulations, Nick. A-minus job. You forgot one player that should have been on there. And, and Michael Porter Jr. should have been on there. Michael Porter Jr., oh. the only 50-40, only 50-40-90 guy, averaging 20 points in the bubble. Had an unbelievable um, bubble, and he's on his way to being a superstar in the three. They can let Paul Millsap retire now, and Michael Porter can become that power forward. They're going alongside Lurkin. So, wow. I think you know, you know had a great list, Nick. James Harden can be replaced with Michael Porter Jr. Most improved of the bubble, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. From one prediction to the next now with the NBA playoffs officially tipping off today. Nick will make his playoff predictions. Nick, I've waited yep. eight long games for these predictions. Let us start yep. with what you have in the Eastern bracket. All right, just like the bubble, I went five for five. Here, I'm going to go 15 for 15 as far as who's advancing. I can't Ooh. guarantee I will get every series down to the game, but I imagine I'll get most. In the East, the easy part is obviously the Bucks are going to dominate the Magic. I think the Heat will handle the undermanned Pacers. I like the Celtics over the Sixers. I think Embiid wins them a couple games. They have an off night. I think it goes seven, but the Celtics win, and obviously the Raptors are going to beat the Nets. I have it going six out of respect for how hard the Nets played. Then the Bucks move on. I know a lot of people, Antoine, think Bam Adebayo in Miami can give the Bucks trouble. I think they give them some trouble if the Bucks move on. I have your beloved Celtics in a classic series against Toronto getting over the hump as Jason Tatum tries to become one of the 15 best players in basketball. And then that train ends in the conference finals when the Celtics have no answer for the Bucks. I got the Bucks in five. So that's what my Eastern Conference bracket looks like. I think Celtic fans will be surprised I have them going as far as, the, as I do upsetting Toronto. Your take on my Eastern side of the bracket, Antoine. This is always tough for me because you know I'm a huge Celtic guy, but I don't like the Celtics getting past um, the Toronto Raptors in the second round. I like Ooh. the Eastern Conference oh, matchup. Oh, take integrity. Yeah, I like the Milwaukee Bucks versus the <laughs> Toronto Raptors. In the, in the Eastern Conference um, finals, I, I like the Bucks to get to the finals. So 
Not bad, Nick, but I, I don't like the Raptors. I don't like the Celtics to beat the Raptors. Too much experience. Um, the size will play a factor in that series. Not really a healthy Kimbo Walker. I can't really roll with the Celtics to beat the Toronto Raptors. Nick, this seems like a rough day for our Canadian fans. And first things first, you also have the the Nets giving them six games. Why? Like I like the Nets. They did. A, they put up a nice fight against Dame, but six games seems like a lot. Why are you so high on the Nets all of a sudden? Well, just shout out Jacques Vaughn, Karis LeVert. I just love how they played in that in the in theory meaningless game against Portland at the end. I I, I think that the, I don't think the Nets get walked over, and I think the Raptors. They're, they're defending champs. They know they're going to move on. I just don't know if they're going to have a total sense of urgency in round one when they know they're going to have Boston and if they get past Boston, Milwaukee in the next round, Jenna. All right, let's move to the other side, to the western bracket. How do you see this playing out, Nick? All right, well, listen, one thing's going to jump off the page for everyone, so I'll get to it quickly. Lakers in five, I already said that. I think the Rockets, even without uh, uh, Russ, beat the Thunder, but that'll be a great series. The Jazz are just devastated by but Boyan Bogdanovich doesn't come to the bubble. Then, then you have Ed Davis hurt. Now you've got uh, no Mike Conley, at least in the beginning. So I think the Nuggets crush the Jazz. And in a good series, the Clippers beat the Mavs. Obviously, I've got the Lakers beating the Rockets. I think that'll be a great series, beating them in seven. And then this is going to be the surprise for everyone. I thought the Nuggets, Antoine, you were just giving Michael Porter Jr. a ton of love. I know Gary Harris Jr. and Will Barton haven't played yet. But with Jamal Murray back, with Jokic doing Jokic things, slow-mo, brilliant passing, Arvidas Sabonis-like, the addition or the emergence of Michael Porter Jr. to me Antoine is really intriguing and could be enough to put them over the top on the Clippers. On top of that, I know everyone is saying, oh, the Clippers have Montrez Harrell back. He hadn't played basketball essentially in five months. I don't know if Montrez Harrell is going to be, we saw what Zion looked like. I don't know what Montrez Harrell is going to be able to give to them. I think you're going to need all of your front court against the the Nuggets in round two. So the big surprise, I'm sure, for many is having the Nuggets beating the Clippers. It's not probably a surprise to anyone. I have the Lakers winning the or winning the West, Antoine. If Russell Westbrook doesn't come back um, healthy, I like OKC to get out that series with that three-guard offense. I like them to get out because they can play small ball with the advantage being Steven Adams in the middle. You can have a legit center on the floor. So I like OKC upsetting the Houston Rockets in that first round. Um, Denver Nuggets, I do not believe they can beat the Clippers. I just believe the Clippers are a playoff team that's championship built. I know it's, it's hard for people to believe that they're going to just be able to turn it on. We didn't see a lot of great basketball out of them. Obviously, they had some distractions, but I still think the Clippers are, are, are a team that's built um, to win a championship. So I think they'll get to the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. It's going to be a grueling seven-game series against the Lakers. I like the Lakers in seven games to beat the Clippers to get to the finals against the Milwaukee Bucks. Still going to stay with the Lakers. I just think LeBron James is on a mission. Anthony Davis is playing at a very, very high level. By the time they get to the Western Conference Finals, they'll have an eight, nine-man rotation in place, and they get past the, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. Antoine, I want to throw it back to you for a second because I vehemently disagree with Nick's list. I, I don't want to acknowledge it too much. Uh, the Blazers are not going to get. They're not going to get. They're not going to lose in five games. But just uh, theoretically, if the Lakers have to play worst case scenario and they still are successful, three seven game series. And Nick, I think you've got 
the Bucks playing 15 games and the Lakers have to play 21 games, just theoretically. How much of a toll do you think that would be in getting to the finals by having to play three seven-game series versus a moderately fresh Bucks team? I mean, it could, it could definitely be take its toll, but I think with the way, the way these guys took off a couple months, they should be fresh and ready to go. Uh, we all know LeBron James is probably the best conditioned athlete in the league, so I don't worry about that. Um, I don't worry about it going seven. You know, one thing in the playoffs, you want to play, and these guys will be ready to go. It, it, the fatigue factor would not come apart. All these teams are well-rested. No travel park. Okay. And then right, just to quickly here, because we I know we're late. I, I've got Lakers Bucks. I've got Lakers in six. I'm, we can debate it later in the show. And to Wild's point about how exhausting the multiple seven-game series can be, the last time LeBron had to play multiple seven-game series to get to the finals, he was so exhausted by game one of the finals, he dropped 51, nine, and nine. So I do think it is a legitimate concern, Jenna. <laughs> All right, well... Uh, despite Nick's predictions that the Lakers will win it all, Dame Lillard is still going to show up, and he still wants to win. Take a listen. They're the number one seed in the West for a reason. They got the best player in the world on their team. Uh, but at the same time, we we didn't fight uh, as hard as we fought in the bubble to just say, all right, we the eighth seed and go out here and just get beat up on. Uh, we feel like we have, a, we have a chance in the series against anybody. Back here with Michael Vick. We'll get to Baker Mayfield in a second, but first, a very courageous comeback. The comeback of all comebacks, actually. Alex Smith's family celebrating the quarterback officially being cleared to return to football. 17 surgeries in nine months, and here he is. Nick, how amazing is it to see not only Alex Smith up and walking, but cleared to play in the NFL again? That, that second part, Jen, I did not think was ever going to happen again. It's one of the most horrific on-field injuries in modern NFL history. And for him to be able to come back and at least have a chance to play again is such a great story. This is a guy who I covered him and watched him, obviously, when he was playing for my Kansas City Chiefs. He's one of the best guys in the league, one of the most well-liked guys in the league, Mike. And seeing him be able to play again, the hell, being able to walk again is, is borderline miraculous. So I'm super happy for him, Mike. Yeah, this is definitely a time that, that Alex can uh, pop champagne and they can pop bottles, man, all night because the road travel for this guy, I mean, was insane. And and with his injury, we didn't think that he would make it back to playing. And, and I know Al personally and spent time with him in Kansas City. And this is just one of the, the, the best guys that you can be around. Um, certainly a guy who knows the game of football but loves the game of football and it couldn't have happened to a better person, so I'm excited to see him back. We should mention that's on loop. He doesn't get sprayed with champagne every time he leaves his house. Uh, on to the Packers now. <laughs> New best friends Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers playing some catch at practice. Look at that. Look at that tension between them. Look at the way they're just flinging the ball at each other with just <laughs> animosity. Uh, Mike, all kidding aside, you expect any drama between these two this year? No drama at all. I expect um, mentorship all across the board from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, of course, for Jordan Love, it's going to be a lot of ups and downs. I, I see and I've read that, you know, it's been some um, particular plays that he's struggled with and things he struggled with um, as of right now. But that's that's cool for a young guy. He'll have Aaron Rodgers right there uh, to help him get through. So no tension at all, man. I see nothing but love with these guys as time moves forward. 
All right, moving on to some winning hands. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup competing in a one-handed catch drill at Cowboys camp, you know, just in case all of Dak's throws are a little off this year. Nick, who's got the edge here, Cooper or Gallup? Oh, I, I say Cooper, but Wild, you thought my Dame Lillard take was an old man take. Buckle up yeah. for a way older man take. Oh, Man, no, this makes me anxious. Someone's going to jam a finger, break, break a, a finger. finger. No. Oh, yeah. I'm worried that someone they're going to get hurt. I'm not going to say the gloves. Yeah. I just feel like that's a recipe for disaster. Wilds is you're going to have you're going to have two wide receivers injured on the same play. Dislocated digits can't have that. Just makes me nervous. I'm just being honest. Mike, just earlier in the show, Nick became 100 years old. So just buckle up for this next segment <laughs> for him to give the oldest old cakes. Back. I thought it was going to be a glove. You're a glove. Take the gloves off and catch the ball. No. Yeah, you got no gloves in my day. No, no I, got oh, no I was worried about it too. <laughs> Here we go. Finally, this is not a drill. You want to see a catch? Odell Beckham Jr. looks in mid-season form. Watch him hauling a very impressive one-handed snag at Brown's practice. Boom. Oh, with a glove on. Mike, how much fun would it have been oh. being Odell's quarterback? Oh, uh, I would have loved a guy like Odell. I mean, you're talking about a guy with speed and size. You know, the one-hand catches that he makes uh, is something that every receiver can't do. So, you know, when you can put a ball anywhere around the receiver and you know he's going to come up with the catch almost 60% of the time, it makes you very confident as a quarterback. And Baker Mayfield should be lucky and feel lucky uh, to have a guy like Odell Beckham on the outside. All right, speaking of Baker, quarterback Baker Mayfield's resume, resume has been nothing shy of impressive. He won a Heisman. He said he worked a record. He's won on every level. But after his second season where he struggled and where the Browns finished a disappointing 6-10, and 10, Baker admitted his lack of success weighed heavily on him last year. Take a listen to him. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's a, a poor me type situation, but, um, you know, I just going and having success all through high school and in college and, and having that standard so high and then coming into, um, you know, just the past couple of years have been a roller coaster of emotions and not nearly as much success as I'm used to. So I would say I lost myself, uh, you know, not having that success, not not finding out what was working. I think I tried different ways of, you know, trying to have that success and I didn't find it. So I lost myself in that and I wasn't able to be who I am for these guys on the team. And, I, and I've told them that and I told them that if I'm not doing that, hold me accountable. So um, just finding that, you know, finding out I got to get back to the basics, like I said, and, uh, you know, establish myself in this new system and attack it. So, Nick, what do you make of Baker Mayfield saying he lost himself a little bit last year? It, listen, I think this is a really positive sign. And shout out to Baker. That's the best his beard has ever looked. He looks great. He looks ready to go. But I also think that the, I think it's a positive sign because Baker last year failed for the first time, first time pardon me, in his football career. And he is recognizing that because of that failure, this is the biggest year of his football career since he walked on at Texas Tech. Since he was just, a, you know, one of many kids trying to find, is, can I play Power Five Conference football even as a non-scholarship player? And so my advice for Baker, Michael, would be to make it as simple as possible. Why was he bad last year? He couldn't stop turning the ball over. 
12 picks in his first seven games, and he didn't get any better by the end. Eight picks in his final five games. He was a turnover machine. Because of the upgrades the Browns have had on both sides of the ball this offseason, and because of what their schedule is, a third of their schedule is Washington, the Giants, the Jags, and the Bengals. There's, if you just don't make a mess of things, you're at five wins before the year starts. And so if he simply, it, at least early in the year, focuses on not screwing it up, I think by the end of the year, he could be surging. But I do think that the accountability is important, Mike. And I do think him recognizing the importance of this season for his future in Cleveland is critical because he has no business being top three in the NFL in interceptions. A quarterback that accurate should never deal with that like he did last year, Mike. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Nick. Uh, I think Nick, I think Baker just got caught up in uh, him having to do everything himself, uh, him having to put the team on his shoulders and, and carry the entire team. When you got guys like Landry and when you got uh, you know, Odell Beckham you know, on the outside, you got guys who can take the pressure off of your shoulders. Um, but as quarterbacks, naturally, you feel if you're starting to lose, things not going well, you want to take it upon yourself to make sure everything goes right. And it's just not the way uh, to play the game of football at the quarterback position. Um, what Baker has to do is go back to the drawing board, get back to the basics. The way he played his rookie year and the way he finished his rookie season, go back and watch that film. When I arrived in Atlanta, I felt like I was the savior. I felt like I had to do everything. And then as time went on, we brought in guys like T.J. Duckett and Warwick Dunn. And I started to use those guys as offensive weapons to help me with my game and to make the team better offensively. So uh, Baker has to understand that the onus is not all on him. You know, he has other teammates around him that has to make the team better as well. And I think if he gravitates and he, he, he soaks that all in, then he'll be a much better quarterback. But he is starting out in the 2020 season with the right mindset. Mike, do you think Baker is putting, like, undue pressure on himself? Because there's a stretch. The season opens up. Brown's at Ravens. you got to play the MVP. Then it's a short week. That's on September 13th. Then September 17th going to play Joe Burrow. Now, let's suppose you lose the first game. If he loses the second game to Joe Burrow, and the way that he was talking about in this interview about having his confidence and really needing to feel like himself, I feel like that week two game has become super important. How important is his confidence to get off to a good start early in the year? Man, those first two games are very pivotal. Um, it's tough enough opening up at Baltimore. And, and then having to play Joe Burrow in, in week two, um, a quarterback who's a rookie just now stepping in. And if you lose that game, you know, you start out 0-2, the chances of making the playoffs are slim next to none. So I think as of right now, getting off to a great start is going to be important for the Cleveland Browns. And I yeah. understand why Baker Mayfield is putting this type of pressure on himself. He's looking at the schedule and saying, these are not going to be the easiest of games. We have to compile some wins early in the season, and then hopefully we can coast later on in the season. But, you know, as a quarterback and as a competitor, this is the mindset that he has to have. Um, I think there's some winnable games on this schedule. He's going to have to work for everything, and it's different amounts of pressure, um, insurmountable, pre insurmountable pressure is going to come along with the first four or five games of the season.
I agree, Mike, and I like that they're keeping their expectations in check right where they should be. Back to the NBA now with LeBron and Dame squaring up in the first round. A little throwback to LeBron and Dame squaring up another way. Take a listen. I just start getting off this red wine, man. I usually don't. Listen, even yeah, listen, look, look. You know, I listen. I stay with a, I stay with a glass. You keep a glass, huh? Keep, you know me. I'm gonna keep a glass of that red. Back here with Chris Broussard. We're talking Saturday's play-in game. Grizzlies, Blazers. Blazers got the win, clinching the NBA's final playoff spot. And as a reward, they get the top-seeded Lakers. And as hot as Dame has been in the bubble, he's the first to tell you how much of a challenge LeBron and company will be. Take a listen. They're the number one seed in the West for a reason. They got the best player in the world on their team. Uh, but at the same time, we, we didn't fight uh, as hard as we fought in the bubble to just say, all right, we the eight seed and go out here and just get beat up on. Uh, we feel like we have, a, we have a chance in the series against anybody in this league. Uh, we feel like we got a chance in this series, and that's how we go approach it. Well, definitely not your typical eight seed. Um, you know, they, they played at an elite level uh, during this, uh, this stretch in the bubble, at least offensively. And um, we've got a ton of respect for you know, for obviously for Dame and CJ and, and Nurkic, uh, but really for their whole team and their whole culture. They got a system that's been together for a number of years. Uh, they have the cont continuity piece, um, conference finals last year. So just a ton of respect for their uh, what they're bringing to the table. Nick, you got to admit, Blazers are playing very good ball heading into the playoffs. Lakers are not playing very good ball heading into the playoffs. What chances do you give Portland to maybe upset Los Angeles? None whatsoever. But I will admit this, because the NBA has done some, you know, it's the bubble, it's pandemic, so if they've changed some rules. If the NBA makes the first round, make it, take it, then I think the Lakers would be in trouble, but I don't think that's going to happen. The, so, so let's. So, but let me open my mind to the possibility that the go. Lakers could lose. Here's what would have to happen: Dame has to average 40 for the entire series, a minimum of 40 a night for all seven games. If the Blazers were to be able to win this series, and Gary Trent Jr and Carmelo Anthony both have to shoot around 40% from threes because they will get open looks. And okay. Danny Green has to stay ice cold. And I'll add one more element. Kuzma's got to short circuit a little bit. And by that, I mean Kuzma, I really liked his approach in the bubble. But he's also a young player who has not yet been paid. This will be his first playoff experience. And if he looks at it as... Uh, Leroy Jenkins-ish, if you will, people, older people will get that reference, then, and tries to take it on his own, then all of a sudden that would be the perfect storm, Broussard, for the Blazers to be able to upset the Lakers barring a LeBron injury or something that totally changes the math. But I, I don't think it is at all likely, but all of those things would have to happen for it to be a possibility, Broussard. I'm with you, Nick, for the most part, although I do give them a 10 percent. That's right. 10 percent chance of upsetting the Lakers. So I think the Lakers take care of Portland in six. But here's what has to happen 
for Portland to pull off the upset. It really would boil down to two things. Nick mentioned one is shooting. Nick mentioned that Portland would have to remain on fire. I don't think Dame has to necessarily average 40, maybe 39, but not quite 40. 39. But See, Gary always undercut has to, Gary Trent has to <laughs> remain on fire. He shot 51% from three in the bubble. That has to continue. CJ has to remain on fire and Dame, of course. And then conversely, the Lakers need to remain ice cold. Uh, Nick mentioned Danny yep. Green. As a team, they were dead last in the bubble in three-point shooting, 30% from Trey. That has to continue. Then on the other end, defensively, the Lakers have to remain horrible from the th on perimeter defense. They were bad okay. overall, 12th in the bubble <laughs> defensively. But against the three, they were 18th. So they have to continue to struggle to defend the three. And then again, conversely, Portland's defense has got to improve. They were one of the few teams that was worse than the Lakers in the bubble. And I know they can't get but so much better on the perimeter defense. But from inside, Yusef Nurkic and Hassan Whiteside have got to be otherworldly in protecting the rim because LeBron and AD will get there when they want to. So those two have got to protect it well. This so, Wilds, if those 37 segment, things happen, gentlemen. Portland has a chance. Yeah. No, I like this. Uh, you know what? Broussard has always been on my on the Blazers team. He's trying to play. He's a little bit on the fence. He's like, Wilds, you and me and the Blazers. I'm like, that's right, buddy. And then he's like, Nick, you and me and the Lakers. I've always been a Lakers fan. And it's like, Broussard's killing us. I thought he's on with me. But here's what we heard a lot in, in those two soliloquies, Jenna. We heard a lot of continues. We heard a lot of remains. Yeah. We heard one start, yeah. and the one start is the Trailblazers need to play defense, and they're just not going to, let's just be honest. Mm -hmm. I think LeBron's going to get his. LeBron's going to score a ton. Anthony Davis is going to be flashbacks to old Pelicans Anthony Davis when they swept the Blazers, so I think that's fine. But let's look at the other recipe for success that I think we're missing the most obvious thing that's right in front of us. There's no home court advantage. I know it's super obvious, but LeBron's never lost a first-round matchup for one reason. He can win his home games. Now, you can't rely on that. We don't know how the flow of this series is going to go. Cold, depleted lineup. Yeah, the other obvious thing we're not talking about, there's no Avery Bradley. So this team, that's the number one team for a reason, as we heard Dame say earlier, like, yeah, they are. But some of those guys aren't there. And instead, you got Deion Waiters and you got J.R. Smith, who, don't get me wrong, I'm a J.R. guy, but he's cold. He's ice cold shooting 9%. Danny Green shooting 25 Caruso shooting 15 A Wolf in eight seeds clothing. We know this is not a real eight seed. First of all, they were a 10 seed. They're really a 4-5 seed as constructed now. They went to the Western Conference Finals wow. last year. Unguardable superstar, obviously, Dame is killing it. Oh, let's stop, Dame, like, like, the, like the Pelicans did. Just neutralize Dame. Bad news. Guess who that is? Wearing a headband. Clutch Mellow. Broussard, we talked about Clutch Mellow. We were talking about Playoff Mellow. You're like, I don't know if there's Playoff Mellow exists. I'm not 100% sure either, but I know that Mellow's been the most clutch guy. So if you stop CJ, you stop Dame, boom, kick the ball to Clutch Mellow. LeBron's like, oh, it's my buddy Mellow. I'll let him get that shot. Boom, game over. So look, maybe it goes six, maybe it goes seven, but you got 10. Nick's at zero. I will take the over zero. on both of your chances. Am I going to say it's going to happen? I'm not sure, but I'm taking the over, Nick. What do you mean you're not sure? Oh, hold on. Right. So not much sure. was wrong with that. Not sure. So much was wrong with that. the future? Have a take. What? You're, 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 you see, you're literally sliding sure. off camera like your take is. <laughs> it's just non-existent. Yeah, I mean, what the hell are you doing? Like, are they going to do it? I don't know. When am I going to pick the series? After game three? Who knows? But the other thing yeah. that was ridiculous about game. what you just said, 
You were like, oh, LeBron's never lost in the first round. You know why? Because he doesn't yeah. lose home games. No, it's because he doesn't lose games in the first round. Throw up the graphic, please. Yeah. LeBron's away career games. record in round one. And keep in mind that he, his first ever series in round one was 4-2, and the most recent one was 4-3. So in the middle there, he went 44-5. and five. Over 11 years in round one. Oh, but Nick, it was the East. It was so different, so different than the West right now. I am so, Broussard, everyone keeps saying, oh, Portland is not your traditional eight seed. I just want to know, if Portland had been healthy all year, how good do, do folks think they were going to be? Like, I'm just curious. They were going to be 10 games better than they were, 12 games better than they were. Because traditionally, by the way, we're talking about traditional eight seeds, the Warriors do exist, and they're a team to contend with. Like, could the Warriors have, or could the Blazers have been the seven seed where the Mavericks are had they been healthy all year? Sure. But this idea that this offense only team is all is actually you know what let's be fair they, you know they were in the conference finals last year when all of us acknowledged that making the conference finals last year was an aberration nobody picked them to be in the conference finals last season like i dame has been brilliant i'm not taking anything away from him but i think your 10% is overstating it Jeez. They are a talented team. And, and I, I will say this. If they were healthy all year, I think they could have been in that race for the fourth seed. I mean, the Rockets, quite mm -hmm. frankly, underachieved this year. So they could have been in the race for the fourth. Anywhere from fourth to eight, they would have been. But here's the – I'm going to throw this bone at, at Wilds. I've always Thank said you. this about LeBron. Like, the difference between, say, LeBron and Kobe or LeBron and Michael Jordan is when LeBron's facing a friend, say it was D-Wade, Chris Paul, Melo, whoever, I felt like LeBron would want to win and have, say, 40 points, but he'd also want his pal to have a good game. So he'd want wow, Melo, you know, what a take. Uh, uh, he'd want Wade to get, you know, 35, have a nice game and lose, and LeBron would win, whereas Kobe or MJ would want to get 40 and hold their buddy to, like, six. That's the hope for Wilds. Does LeBron say... You know, yeah, we want to beat him, but I wouldn't mind Melo getting his. Melo's been hated no, on for nice the last guy. few years. He was out of the league. That's my boy. I'm going to let him get his, and then Melo yeah. strikes and, and remains. Because that's great the guy. only hope. Nick, it's true. Happens. LeBron's just, a great guy. LeBron is a great okay. guy. Go just, quickly, Nick. Maybe that is just, <laughs> All right, two things, just very quickly. One is, as great as the Mellow story has been, nothing would be better for the Lakers than the Blazers running their offense through Mellow. Second of all, your story falls <laughs> apart when you, when you preface it with when Jordan was going against his friends. Jordan ain't have no friends, so of course he did. There's nobody he wanted to do well. He hated <laughs> everyone. He made up lies about him. Stories. Barkley's the only one. Right. Barkley's. You're, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. Barkley's the only one. In Oakley. Ron Hart. Ron Harper's on the team. In the Knicks series. Oh my we got to move this along. Still Let's get back to count. football. We're, we're going to break down Tom Brady's 20-year transformation. <laughs> You're not going to want to miss it. But first, listen to Cowboys center Joe Looney breaking down the finer things in life. Oh, man, you know, they're like the, the, the old school popsicles where, you, you know, you can split them apart and, uh, you know, split them apart and, you know, you can down them real quick because they're so hot. I mean, you know, it tastes delicious, though. 
What was that? Oh man, I'm a I'm a you know a blue raspberry kind of guy. You, know, you hand me the blue raspberry, you know. You know we're doing one on ones, and you know people are asking, "Hey, Looney, why is your tongue blue?" You know, because I've been crushing those popsicles in the tent. <laughs> Tonight on FS1, catch Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., and the Padres as they take on the Rangers. It all begins at 9 Eastern on FS1 and the Fox Sports app. All right, gentlemen, time now for Drawing a Blank. So Tom Brady posted his transformation from his rookie year to his first season with the Bucks on the gram yesterday. A couple of takeaways. He needed a tan desperately and maybe three less helmets. Nick, Brady's 20-year transformation, in your opinion, has been blank. Just like this Instagram post, it's been an infomercial, a literal info, infomercial if you read the caption for the TB12 method. Listen, I don't know if the pseudoscience behind what Tom Brady does actually works. It clearly has worked for him. And if you would like to learn more about the TB12 method, just go to his Instagram, where every other post is some type of infomercial for the TB12 method. Listen, you don't take those types of discounts in New England and not make the money up somewhere. So he's going to make it up on the back end with the old TB12 stuff. So listen, he, he clearly is aging in reverse. He clearly looks better now than he did then. So far be it for me to say his magical water is not actually magical water. So it's an infomercial, Mike, for the TB12 <laughs> method. I'm going to say legendary. And that, that's coming from a guy who has zero rings and played 13 seasons. I won't say that it's envy towards Tom Brady because I have too much respect for the quarterback position. But over the course of 20 years, winning six Super Bowl rings, playing in nine, losing three, it could have been nine. I mean, it, it's just been a remarkable career. And Tom Brady, at the age of, what, 42, looks 10 times better than he did when he first stepped in the, in the league at 21. Yes, so it's been legendary. You know, Nick, up, can Mark? you give me some help? Because Tom Brady's, like, infamously... Um, like doesn't like tomatoes or he does like tomatoes. I can't come on and get it. It's like flammable and inflammable. So I don't know if I'm supposed to be pounding tomatoes or avoiding tomatoes altogether. And I I, I get it confused every time. And I think it's really hurting my physique. I, what does that uh, yeah, mean? Jenna? It's something to do with nightshades and pliability. It like a book. And I know that he has special water. I know these things. I'm not Whatever quite certain. I, I'll be honest. Guys. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but it seems to be working like out more. More tomatoes Jenna. or less? Jenna, more tomatoes. Take a don't deeper dive. Less tomatoes, less nightshade vegetables, and he hates strawberries. There you go. I don't know anything about the water. He On to the Packers now. Their head coach, Matt LaFleur. He doesn't eat strawberries, Tom Brady. Uh, Packers head coach, Matt LaFleur, recently asked about his new rookie quarterback, said Jordan Love, quote, has a lot to clean up. Luckily, a guy named Aaron Rodgers can step in, you know, with Love's struggles. Nick LaFleur saying that Love has a lot to clean up is blank. It's obvious, and it's not a knock on Jordan. Anyone that watched him at Utah State said, oh, the upside on this kid's pretty damn high, but the downside's pretty low because he's so raw, and even playing at a small school in college, you saw some of those kind of glaring process errors, even if the arm talent wowed you. 
It's why a team that was 13-3 and three and a game away from the Super Bowl drafting him when Rodgers is still there was such a baffling decision. Because it's not as if it's like, listen, we think we're such a good team. We need someone who, if Aaron gets dinged as he has the last, or two of the last three years, he could step in. Jordan Love ain't going to be ready to step in at any point this year. And that's not an indictment on him at all. It's just the reality of where he is. So, Mike, to me, this is obvious. It's not indictment, but it just makes the pick all the more head-scratching. Obvious, and I'll say factual, because he's probably out there missing reads, um, missing checks. You know, nothing against him. He's a rookie quarterback, and that's natural. That's going to happen. Um, safety's walking down in the box. Pre-snap reads aren't there. Seated corner pressed and ball is snapped and the corner's off. These are things that Jordan Love is going to go through, but in time, he'll get better. But the guy looks good. He looks good as a as, as a quarterback specimen. You know, I like his size. You know, I like what he presents. I like what he brings to the table. Um, unfortunately, he won't be playing this season because Aaron Rodgers is still at the top of his game. That's right, Mike. I went with last call. Last call for the Jordan Love storylines this year. We're less than four weeks away, and it's a nice preseason storyline. But last call for this. So this is the last video you're going to see of Jordan Love on the show. The narrative is going to end. It's a new narrative. Boom, Tim Boyle comes into the scene. Hey, guys, what about me? And there's a three-way controversy in Green Bay. No, there's not. <laughs> last call for Jordan Love. We're going to move forward to real football. Goodbye, Jordan Love. Good luck, but no more narrative All on right. the show. Hello, Baker Mayfield. Talk some Browns now. Odell Beckham Jr. is looking to have a bounce-back season. Friend and teammate Jarvis Landry is confident OBJ can do that, saying Odell is, quote, really making this place home. Nick, Odell's second season with the Browns will be blank. Deja vu. And by deja vu, I don't mean the incredibly underrated and very rewatchable Denzel Washington and Paula Patton project from about a decade ago. Uh, I mean deja vu to his second year in the NFL. His best season as a pro, when he had over 1,400 yards, when he had 13 touchdowns, when he asserted himself as officially the most talented receiver in the league. Mike, I think this is going to be the best year Odell has had since that second year with the Giants. I think he's going to be back over 1,200 yards, back to double-digit touchdowns, and you're going to remember what made him such a special player those first three years of his career, Mike. Absolutely. I'll say better because he did have a 1,000 yards receiving last year, and I know that'll be a goal this year, and to top that, it's going to be something that he'll want to do. But I see Odell Beckham taking on more of a leadership role in year seven in his career. He'll start to realize that the better the players are around him and the better they play, the more productive he can be and take some of that pressure off himself. He had a good year last year. I expect this year to be better. I went with Drake-esque. Odell's in the new Drake video. Just a solid hit. It's not, it's not an amazing, but just a solid hit, and that's going to be courtesy of Stefanski. Look, Kirk Cousins, third best pass rating on deep throws, fourth best pass rating overall, fourth best completion percentage. So I think Stefanski is going to elevate Baker, and boom, Odell will be the beneficiary. How's that related hey, to Drake? On to Seattle now. The Drake video, we didn't get it. Mike Florio <laughs> recently yeah. reported that there's didn't a belief in league circles that Russell Wilson, it always makes sense, Wilds, that Russell Wilson will eventually <laughs> not be playing for the Seahawks. This to further push the narrative that Seattle needs to let Russ be Russ before Russ goes somewhere else to be Russ. So, Nick, Russ's long-term future with the Seahawks is blank. 
Two chains esque. No, I'm just kidding. That's oh. just a wild thing. Uh, all but guaranteed. <laughs> like I'm, I'm so, I'm so tired of these stories about where is a player going to go next, starting to percolate before the player's contract extension has even kicked in. Russ starts a brand new four-year contract in two weeks. Starts a new contract. The idea that we're talking about, well, what's his long-term future? Man, I don't know. I don't know if if we're going to be around in four years. But if we are, Russ will be what? on the Seahawks and worry about what's going to happen to him after that. So I, uh, Florio's my guy, but this is, to me, silliness. He, he's going to be a Seahawk for at least the next four years, which is as long as any of us may have anyway, Mike. I say his what? future is secure. His future is very secure in Seattle. It's a good quarterback play. It's so hard to come by that when you get a guy like Russell Wilson, you better cherish him for 15 years on out. I mean, right. the guy's done everything under the sun. He's made plays that, you know, we probably won't ever see again. He's dynamic in his own right, and that won't change. I never let a quarterback like Russell Wilson go, and I think he'll be in Seattle for a long time until he's ready to leave. He, if he decides to go, then maybe he, he'll go. But as long as he want to be there, that franchise won't let him be. Yeah, I agree, Mike. I went with Mr. Unlimited just because it's my favorite clip. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was, I thought it was very interesting. He's 86 and 41 with the Seahawks. I don't think he's going anywhere. And that was also, just for the record, Jenna, a very fatalistic take from Nick Wright. That was, I don't know if he's talking about asteroids or what, but kind of brutal. Can't look out, can't project. Oh, we're going to be here. We're going to be here. My yeah, long-term planning's rough, overrated in 2020. Live for the now, Seattle. So Try to win the Super Bowl right now. You know Don't what? worry about the down the road. Go get it. Or, All right, guys, let's get back to a little basketball. Ka Kawhi and the Clippers' road to a title starts tonight against the Mavs. First things first. Gotta fund it. All right, back here with Chris Broussard. We'll get to Nick's NBA playoff picks in a second. But first, Southside Sluggers, the Shy Sox, had a night hitting four straight home runs against Cardinals reliever Roel Ramirez. Woo, Wilds, you got to feel bad for the pitcher here, no? This is this was his debut. I mean, I, I think, well, sorry, it gets one home run, okay. Two home runs, you're like, back-to-back. Uh, back. The third home run, do you take him out at that point? <laughs> the fourth home run, it's like, you know what? Four is too many. I, I didn't he want to get you out there in your pitches. debut. And see, he see, had to see, be see, tipping his pitches. <laughs> it's the only way it's possible, they? right? I take oh, him out after had to be. the second homer. Maybe the third. Second after the fourth, run. I put him on the bus and send him, send him away. Oh, oh, come on. He was nervous. First day. Hey, Up next, it's a it's courageous it's comeback. How about this? Guys, after 17 surgeries in nine months, Alex Smith has been cleared to return to football. His family celebrating in such a sweet way. Nick, how amazing is this moment for Alex Smith after everything he's been through? It's unbelievable. There was real question about whether or not he would walk again, much less play football again. And now, listen. He, he's probably the best quarterback Washington has. Yeah. And the fact that he is potentially going to be able to play this season is nothing Amazing. short of miraculous. And Broussard, 
I covered him when I was in Kansas City. He was the best quarterback the Chiefs had had for, for a very long time, pre Mahomes, and he helped Mahomes out a ton. He's one of the most well-liked guys in the league. This is a great story, Bruce No question. All you can do is cheer and smile. I mean, this is so awesome, the, the joy that his kids have, his wife, and I mean, it's just great. There's nothing else to say about it. And hopefully he can get back on the field and uh, play. Sure, Washington is hoping that. On to some winning hands here. We're Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup are competing in a one-handed catch drill at Cowboys camp. You know, just in case Dak Prescott is a tad off on his throw. Broussard, is it too easy because of the gloves? Be honest. Look, oh, you guys no. know I'm an oh. old school. I, oh. I only played in high oh, school, no. but I was a receiver. I'm sorry. I, give me these one-handed gloves and maybe I'm playing on Sundays. I mean, come on. This oh, is crazy. God. <laughs> oh, the, my God. They barely get the ball off their hand. I mean, it's so oh sick. Hold on. Wild, it's been a, it's been a very long time. But in celebration of the NBA playoffs starting today, let's bring it back. Wild, what do old people be doing? Oh, old wow. people be we lying. The and they're lying about the gloves now. Lying about no. the gloves. It ain't the gloves, no. man. It's no. the evolution it of the is. athlete. I wouldn't take that, Broussard. No, bad Stop. news. Broussard, you don't need to say that. Avert your eyes to this one. Have you Finally, this is not a drill. Without a glove. Odell Beckham oh, wow. Jr. with his very, very light, thin, thin paper mache gloves in midseason form, hauling in a very impressive one-handed snag. Nick, we know what Broussard's going to say. Is this the glove doing the work, or is this the Odell <laughs> no. doing the work? Oh, come on. Listen, that's the he's the best at one-handed catches in the NFL right now and maybe ever. And I think he's going to have a monster season. I think this is going to be a monster bounce back year for Odell. Gloves or no gloves, Broussard. But America, oh, no. do not let it be lost that Broussard said what might have prevented him from being an NFL player was the lack of glove technology. I need America yep. to remember that and, and, and quote that regularly. The lack of glove technology prevented Broussard no, from said, being maybe, Billy White maybe, Shoes Johnson. Yeah. That was one of the things. One of the things. All right. That's all. <laughs> all right, here we go. Let's get back to some hoops now. With the NBA playoffs officially tipping off tonight, why not end the show with our very own Nick Wright making his playoff predictions? All right, Nick, no pressure, but the entire world is probably watching right now. Let's start with the Eastern wow. bracket. Who you got there? All right, so listen, I'll be quick here. Hey, obviously, the Bucks are going to win in the first round. I think most people have the Heat also winning in the first round. Indiana's banged up. I think the Sixers, I think Embiid's going to be good enough to give the Celtics a series, but I think they advance. And the Raptors, it's not a slight on them. I have it going six. It's just I've been so impressed by what the Nets have done under Jacques Vaughn. I think they're going to be ready for a fight. I do think, Broussard, the Bucks can get past Bam Adebayo's defense and the Miami Heat. And a big, I mean, for the Celtics, I think they can make the conference finals, as they did a couple years ago. I think Tatum will play well this postseason, having learned from some of his missteps last year. But I do not think the, the Celtics can handle the Bucs. I think actually the Bucs will be able to beat the Celtics rather handily in five in the conference finals. But I think probably the biggest surprise there is having the Celtics beat the Raptors. Your take on that, Bruce Sartre. 
Well, look, I think the Bucks, the Celtics, and the Raptors are all very close as far as their ability. So I I'm not totally mad at you, but believe it or not, Nick, I've got the Raptors in the East. I thought long and hard about this. Oh, wow. I like the it. In the bubble, they were struggling, you know, toward the end of the, the shutdown, and they struggled mightily in the bubble. I think if you pack in the paint and you force Giannis to shoot jump shots, now somebody else has to beat you at the end of game. Who's doing it? Chris Middleton, Kyle Korver, Brooke Lopez, Eric Bledsoe? I'm not sure. So I got the Raptors. Boston scares me for Toronto. So that's not a terrible pick, them in, in, over the Raptors in se seven. But I got the Raptors with their toughness getting out of the East. And I tell you what, a Kawhi Raptors final, delicious. Oh. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's Go ahead, delicious. Wells. Jump in. Remember you broke out delicious last week. I like I, that I word, know. right? I want to move on. It, you know. I'm making it a thing. I'm making it a thing. Delicious? You're just going to call all these matchups delicious? <laughs> Jenna, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with this. I'm, I'm really, you know what I'm fired up about. The next one. Go ahead, Nick. Run, run the next one here. And I hope Dane right, is not up early to watch Western this Conference. show. Because you're going to end up on the next EP right, Dane here releases. We go. Listen, that's fine. That's fine. Don't worry about it. L let's just get to the main event here. Obviously, the Lakers oh, are going to beat the Blazers. I've got it in five. I've got the Rockets in a very tough series against OKC in seven. And then on that side of the bracket, I think the Rockets-Lakers be a great series because Russ will be back, but I got Lakers in seven. Bottom side of the bracket, I told you a month ago, Broussard, that I think Dallas could play the Clippers to six. I'll stick with that. <laughs> The Jazz are banged up. They're going to get annihilated in the first round, I would imagine, especially with Conley leaving the bubble for the birth of his child. And then, what I'm sure you're going to want to talk about, just the absolute sacrilege that I would dare have the Denver Nuggets beat the Los Angeles Clippers. The unbeatable Clippers, who we don't know if Montrez Harrell's in any type of shape. You've got... By the way, Broussard with a little uh, kind of takes working against each other. Kawhi is so great. How can you ever pick against Kawhi? By the way, the team Kawhi left, they're making the finals. So wait, did he carry them the whole time or were they awesome? So did he get too much credit? I'm confused. But regardless, the emergence of Michael Porter Jr., no one on the Clippers to deal with Nikola Jokic, the, the uh, Nuggets getting Jamal Murray back. All those reasons. That's why, unfortunately, as much as we would all love to see it, I don't think we're going to get the battle for Los Angeles because I think the Nuggets are going to step in the way, Broussard. Worst bracket I've seen in decades. Decades, <laughs> I tell you. I mean, are you serious? Decades. First of all, your, your beloved Rockets are going out in the first round if Russ misses more than one game. If he misses more than run game, they won't get to the second. They won't live to see two weeks from now. Let's go to Denver. You, you talk about the Clippers' lack of chemistry. Guys haven't been there. And I'll give you that. But guess who has even more, you know, uh, uh, commotion going on with their roster? The Nuggets. I, I mean, is Michael Porter Jr. going to be able to adjust? to be in maybe the fourth option if Will Barton and Gary Harris come back and play at some point. And, and That's I mean, one of them I good problems. Great. They got so much depth. It's a good problem. But these are young guys. Some of them don't know their roles. Everything is in flux. They will lose. So the, the argument against the Nuggets is they might get healthier? The argument against the Nuggets is they might get no, more good players back? Healthy or not, they're losing. They're not as good as the Clippers. I, I can't believe the way you belittle how good the Clippers are. I get it. 
You're trying to do the LeVar Ball thing and speak it into LeVar existence Ball. so they don't I beat the Lakers. So they're going to beat no, the Lakers and beat the Lakers in six. Six. In six. Oh, oh okay. And they, and you've got the Clippers winning the title. Seven, Clippers over Raptors, right? Clippers winning it all. Clippers over the Raptors in, in uh, six games. Yes. Wilds. Wilds, he called that the worst well, bracket he's seen in decades. Your thoughts? The, you know, it's not... Look, I, I'm, I, earlier you made fun of me because I wasn't ready to call the Blazers. And I'd like to say I am still not ready to call it. Not ready to call it yet. <laughs> Want to see one game to see how... Well, Nurkic three games in, he'll Anthony David. Three I'm games in, ready. he'll call it. You don't want to give away just like you give giving away everything. We got enough reason for people to watch the show for the rest of the week, Nick. You got to hold your title to the end of the week. If Look, if LeBron makes so it... I like this will be the hardest playoff. Uh, well, no, no, he's changed, Nick. No, so remember no. you said you wanted Kawhi, and then you changed it from last week. I do. I you listen. The gauntlet, there's I a thought. difference between what I want, want and what I believe will not. happen. So this is this is a big difference between me and Broussard. So Broussard's just going with what he wants to have happen. I I'm trying to analyze this. I'm trying to actually break oh. it down. And God forbid. Okay. I say the Nuggets can beat the Clippers. They split in the regular season, pre-bubble, and in the bubble, the Clippers were so much better through three quarters when both teams were playing starters, the Nuggets were up by two. And then they benched everyone in the fourth quarter. Like, so the idea that the Nuggets are just laughable, that they can't, that they've got no chance, that it, they're, and so obviously I've got the Lakers over the Bucks in six. That's the, I've said this all along. Beginning of the year, the pick was Lakers in six over the Bucks. Middle of the year, end of the year, other, you know, I've had no reason to change it unless I'm going to let the bubble dissuade me, and I'm not going to let that happen, Broussard. And Broussard, I assume you have the Clippers. I got the Clippers over the Raptors in in. I'm going to use it again, Wilds, in a delicious final. Uh, six games, Kawhi against his old team. <laughs> but look, if the that is the legit. finals, the Nuggets are legit. Thank you, but they are not as good as the Clippers. I can't believe you picked hey, them over. Hey, Wild, do you want to give us something at the end? Yes, I'm ready to announce my Blazers pick. Wednesday's show, 7:30 Eastern, 9:30 <laughs> Pacific. <laughs> what? No, it's not. It's just going to start. Last thoughts, Nick. Go ahead. I just, save this. Save I, this if if Broussard's finals comes to pass, if it's Raptors Clippers and somehow the Raptors win, then all of a sudden Kawhi will enter the LeBron territory of the worst thing you could have done was make the finals. Would have been better getting bounced in the first it, round, Jim. Enjoy basketball oh, today, everyone. We'll